Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And tonight's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, we are talking about being hated by the world. What does it mean? And if we're not hated by the world, are we actually even good Christians? Fuller, are you ready? Let's go. I muted myself. What's up, Fuller? What's going on, RT Saint? Well, you are like... Yeah, I'm squirming. You're getting like your Glee Club on right now, bro. Sorry. You're just over <laughs> here bopping and dancing and you having know, a, a good old time. The funny thing is before video, that's what I was doing a lot of the times, but now it's like now there's video and now it's kind of And we would dance and we're not even drinking coffee right now, dude. We are not. Uh, we both have to go to sleep tonight. This is the second recording. <sighs> yep. Uh, and we already drank some coffee. And we're and doing it differently. Normally we record on the weekend so that way we can stay up till midnight. But we do, but you have stuff. I had stuff going on last Friday. You have stuff going on this Friday. And so we're doing it on Thursday. And then I got to go to work after this. And so do I. All the other well, not, fun, after not, you, you I gotta go, go to, to work in the morning. I'm yeah. walking back to my computer and, and doing more work. But hey, we're here. We're here. We're live. We are having a good old time. I have a coffee cup, but we're not drinking nothing. Yeah, but mine's you know, I got my uh, my seltzer water because you know that's what bougie millennials Sh- do. Should I know? grab my Booger King? Your, I mean, your, bur- my Burger King, my Booger King, your Burger King. Yeah, you've never called it. Bur- I've Booger never King? called it. No, I should grab my Booger King. I've I've heard Taco Bell called different things. <laughs> Taco. Where bad people go, uh, oh. I, I want to keep the. I don't want. I've heard Pizza Hut called uh, Squirt Hut because <laughs> the green. I was trying to keep it PG for your kids, bro, because your kids listen. <laughs> they go poo poo on the potty. That's right. Everybody poops. There's a book out there called Everybody. Everybody poops. So yeah, no coffee. Nope. Uh, no reviews. Nope. We have no reviews. No reviews. Let's just dive in, brother. Dude, Let's we are just, just do gonna it. do. Go for it. It's a little cooler in the room. Versus last episode. It, it is. We cooled off a little bit. Yeah, it's cooled down a couple, maybe a degree. It's 80 degrees in the room we're sitting in right now, which is awful because I have to keep... The, well, now the door's open because I'm dog sitting right now. Yeah. So we got to keep the dog out. We're, so if you hear a dog or if a dog bumps the camera and the camera goes... <laughs> you just know yeah, what happened. You might know my cat found the dog and the dog doesn't really like my cat. But well, so anyway, but today... That's you why know, they say fighting like cats and dogs. I'm just there saying. There you go. Because they, they, they met each other the other night and it was actually really funny. Yeah. It was really, really funny to watch. So Mark... We talked yeah. about hated by the world, man. Hated what, by the world. What what are you what does that mean? What are you talking okay, about? Okay, so here's the thought. You know, we had the podcast a while back about uh was it mean to to be in the world but not of the oh, world? And yeah. you know, I, I I I do the phrase differently. It's like, you know, we're sent into the world and what does that mean? But lately there's been a big conversation around Christians being persecuted here in America because of being Christian. You can't really see my air quotes, but I'm giving air quotes well, of can, like they persecution. Can, yeah, they can. Oh, if you're on YouTube, you can see my air quotes. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. Um, but, you know, so there's so much, quote unquote, persecution of the American church. and But then there's other Christians where it's like you see these pastors who are on all these talk shows and dropping books and dropping all these things. And I hear all these conversations of if you're not peculiar and you're not hated by the world, you're not. And this is my funny voice. You're not a true Christian and. You know, wearing them skinny jeans. I didn't know we had a funny voice. (laughs) I've been listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast a lot lately, and 
that's actually the voice that the pastors turn on when they enter funding mode when they're talking. Like they'll, they'll be talking normal, have a good time, and then all of a sudden, when they get into their they funding get into voice, funding and voices, Jack Hiles, and the, I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah, that's your funding voice right this there. This is absolutely insane. Um, but you know, it's the fact of we're supposed to be different, we're supposed to be weird, we're supposed to be hated by the world. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, do you actually have to be hated by the world to be a good Christian? And I've been chewing on that for the last maybe couple weeks of. You know, there's a lot of people who like, like they'll say, like, if you're not hated by the world, because Jesus says that we like the world will hate you. If people in the world love you, does that make you a bad Christian? I don't know. I thought that'd be an interesting well, conversation to get into. I, from I think there. it is, but I think you need to. I think you need to read the scripture okay. of, of what the what the what the bot what the Bible says about it. So okay, so when you go to the the Gospel of John, when Jesus is kind of prepping his disciples to go. Real fast, you said John, and <laughs> funny story. Not a fun fact, but a funny, funny story. Sto- okay. Intermission. I mean, this is, this is an intermission. Wel- <laughs> welcome to RTC. Go get your coffee if you don't want to listen. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so Paul Lindgren and I, and I know I talk about him a lot. He's a piece of boy, though. He's my boy, though. But uh, we've been reading the book of John, the gospel. We decided to start going through the gospel again. Um, and he, when he says it, sorry, Paul, I'm calling you out. But when he says it, he goes, "All right, it's time to read John." And he does it, like draws out John. What? And so the first couple of times he did it, I started dying laughing. And anytime anybody says John now, I go, "John Jacob Jingleheimersman." <laughs> it sounds like Forrest Gump almost. Me. John, uh, hi. Lieutenant Dan, this is my friend John. Like, that's what I hear. I hear. I hear. Like I legit hear Forrest Gump. Anyways, but. I'm sorry. Go back into John. So back into John. You know, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He talks about the vine and the branches, and apart from me, you can do nothing. But then he goes into Christ-like love and what that means. As the Father's loved me, I have loved you. Here's right. how people know that you're my disciples is based off of your love for one another. And then all of a sudden, he goes, uh, "This is a this is what I command you: love one another." And then it goes, "If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you." If you're in the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you're not of this world, but I have chosen you out of the world, the world therefore hates you. Therefore, the word I spoke to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, which let's be honest, they, they didn't just persecute Jesus. Him. Like they actually like killed him. They killed him. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If you, if they, if they kept my word, then um, they will also keep yours, but they will do these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me, which is God the Father talking about specifically. And this is a specific context to the disciples about the Jewish people, about right. what's about to happen. Um, the one who hates me also hates my father. Um, if I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated mm. me for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then what's interesting is right out of that, he talked about, but when the comforter comes, right. that sent AKA from the Father, the Holy he Spirit. will testify to you because you have been with me since the beginning. So in this passage right here, Jesus is kind of, it's almost like the the, the, the final words, you know, it's almost like Jesus is, I mean, he's not on his deathbed, but I mean, let's be honest, he kind of is. I mean, and he's prepping his disciples. It's the like, final days. I'm leaving. Here's the final words. It's almost like uh, when someone's standing up and it's like they're about to give their last final speech before they step he's down. He's giving his forever. own eulogy. Exactly. And and more, it's it's like, hey, when I go, here's what I expect from you type, type right. thing, which is huge in the Jewish culture. He goes into if the, like the world like, oh, if the world hated me, 
which is a really funny question because, like, yeah, the world definitely did hate you, Jesus. They killed well, you. I think he's talking about more past tense there. Like, if the world hates me, like, yeah, they hate. If they hated me, which they did hate him, so right? If they hated me, they're gonna hate you too, right? And he's saying that if you're the servant, you're you're no better than the master. So right. if the world hated me for, and it says no reason. I'm like, well, there 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 was a reason, I guess, but. Um, the reason is, is they're sinful. Right. And, but at the end of the day, if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you as followers of me. Right. And then, so when that goes into today's Christian context, you know, I don't want to like, I mean, we're, we're Americans living in America, which is a country that was founded. I mean, whether you call it a Christian nation or not, it was at least founded on very moralistic Christian based principles where Christianity was free to go. We have freedom of religion. Right. Um, what does this mean then? Uh, okay. Cause like I look at my life and I'm like, I don't feel like the baristas at Starbucks hate me, but they all know I'm a pastor. They all know I'm a Christian and all these other different people. Does it, is, is it a bad thing if the world doesn't hate you? And then mm. on the other question I have then, is there right or wrong reasons for the world to hate you right. as a Christian? So it's funny that you mentioned this and that th- this was a topic that you brought up saying, Hey, I think we should talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it's a good topic. And, um, I was reading in a commentary earlier. <clears throat> Wait, we, we talked about that last episode a little bit. And it, it was my NLT commentary that I, I do Ooh, enjoy. There we go. But they said something in the commentary, a very similar to these lines. Like it said that if you are, <clears throat> let me get my, let me get my fun, fun divorce on. Yep, if you're yeah, comfortable awesome. and you're not being persecuted, you need to reexamine your life because you must be living not the ways of God. They said that's a paraphrased version of how they said it. Paraphrase but, but that's exactly, I mean, that's what they were saying. And Paul and I talked about that because we always read scripture and then we read our study notes or the, stu- the, the, the commentaries and talk about out, of, out of two different versions. So we can hear both, both, you know, two different commentaries on it, plus two different versions of it uh, and then talk about it. And it's very interesting that this is so part of the Christian Fundy philosophy. Okay. And when we say fundy, we mean the conservative Baptist independent. No, not just, fundamental just not even Baptist. It's just in general fundamental Christianity. Okay. Uh, it could be Catholic, Baptist, Pro- I mean, it, it, Protestant church. Right. Fundy Protestants covers everybody in case you don't know what a Protestant is. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but that's a, a lot of the ways how they believe. And I'm trying to, I, I wonder. Maybe you can answer this, Mark. You're a pretty wise guy. Where did where do you think that came from? Where do you think the the term hated? If you're not hated by the world, then you must be doing something wrong. I mean, Jesus said it, right? But you know, I don't. That's where I don't my mind know, goes right. And I agree, but we're also looking at a different culture, right? And so I, I look at. I'm trying to figure out where you're going with it. I look at somebody. I look at you. Okay. Mark, a guy who loves the Lord, who's living for the Lord. Are you being persecuted right now? No. So you do you think it's something you're doing wrong, or do you think... I've you, had to ask myself that question. Mm, see, so I, I used to ask myself that question, and I'm not saying that I'm 100% right, but I think my opinion on it, getting my opinion, is that we live in a very... Very blessed country. Mm-hmm. I don't care how bad it is right now with the with COVID. It's a blessed country. Right. Where we do have a lot of religious freedom that most of the countries don't have. And it may get bad like that here someday. It may. But right now it's not. But right now it's not. And no. so we're not having to be persecuted. And that's, hey, we should be praising and thanking God that we're not having to be persecuted. But 
if things get bad, if political parties get into power, and I'm not saying I'm not saying either way political party as in Democrat. I'm saying there could be people that get into power. I guess right. from you know different political factions. It doesn't matter which faction, just any any faction. But they could get into power, and laws could be changed to where there is no freedom of practicing Christianity anymore. And then, then what? Now, okay, now I expect to be persecuted. Right. And if I don't expect to be persecuted, then I might want to examine And myself. I want to make sure I say this, because, you know, I think there is some level of persecution happening. You see the, like, the, the, the bakers and the, a lot of it's around that wedding idea and other places where um, they're like, no, I'm, that's like, like, I don't agree with that. So I, I don't want to, I'm not going to bake a cake for you. That's what it always goes back to. Cause there's people like that. Um, which is funny on the flip side because if someone who was you know a lesbian who said I don't want to make a cake for you because you're straight I don't think anything would happen you know so there's the, the where's the where's the consistency with that well but at the same time I think there is some level of persecution for when it's time to stand up for what the world says is right or wrong I think there actually is levels of persecution in that however this is more so where some of it comes out of my background is I think some Christians feel like they need to intentionally do things in order to be hated by the world to prove how good of a Christian they are. As a, oh, look at me, how good of a Christian I am. Right. I am being persecuted for standing for my faith. No, you're just a jolly, you're a bully and a jerk, and just sit down. You're actually we, heard in the name of Jesus right now. What the you know the the term I like to coin okay is a Bible thumper. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're going around thumping people in the head with the Bible just to try to get a rise out of them, so you can say you're persecuted. Right. It's a Bible thumper. And, and so th- th- this is you know or a know it all and prideful or, or person all, or prideful with that you know and and I look at the Bible you know Paul wrote um, that the gospel is what foolishness to the Jew, a stumbling block to the Greek. But and and you know I'm I'm putting a lot of different pieces together, but it's like it's water for the thirsty, it's food right. for the hungry, it's hope, it's. It's joy. And so when you see Jesus going around, you know, you got to ask the question of, was Jesus hated by everybody? And the answer is no. He was loved by many. I mean, that's why you saw 5,000 followers, 4,000 followers. But I mean, well, they wanted him for the wrong so, reasons. So if you look at, though. But uh, he was walking around healing people. If, if you're healing people, you're not going to be hated. If you look in the same book, of the book of John. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. you go back about 12 chapters. Okay. Now I, I realize this is a couple of years. 12 chapters after the feeding of the 5,000 men. Plus, okay. right? Yep, men, five thousand men. It's funny that Jesus had to sneak away from the mountain because they were trying to force him to be king. That's five thousand plus, and I've heard commentators say it was probably closer to twenty to twenty-five thousand. Yep, based on families and spouses and all that. But that's how many people wanted him to be king because he was loved, right? And and he was loved by the downtrodden and, and the poor and those who the religious people said. You're over there. We're over here because you're dirty. You're unclean. Well, and Jesus, you know, I don't need to go heal the sick. I need to go. Or I don't need to heal, heal the people that are. Well, we got to look fine. at. We got to look at the culture too, right? The Jewish leadership, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, uh, <laughs> they uh, they had a lot of say and power. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the hate that came to Jesus later on in his ministry, those last couple of months, came because the. The, the trusted Jewish Jewish leaders of the time, the, the ones that were supposed to be the God-fearing men that loved God, were saying things against Jesus that weren't true because they wanted to remain in power. They didn't want a Messiah, and they definitely didn't want the Messiah Jesus. Right. They didn't like what he stood for. They wanted a Messiah that came and just appeared, just appeared and destroyed Rome and freed Israel and, and, and brought his kingdom to earth right then and there. 
that's what the Sadducees and Pharisees wanted. And that's not what Jesus came as. That Jesus lived among them. And that's why a lot of people in his own town, which is why I said a prophet isn't welcomed in his own town, said, we know you. You're you're Mary and Joseph's son. Like, we've known right. you. We've, known we've you watched you grow up. Right. You're not nobody. You're nobody. You're not the son of God. How could you even say that? And that's why. It's because they, they weren't looking because they were being taught that he was just going to appear out of nowhere, which is not what the Scripture said. Right, no. It's not what Isaiah said at all. It talked about him, where he was going to grow up. Or, no, it wasn't Isaiah. It was Micah. Micah talked about, and I believe chapter 4, uh, talked about that he was going to be born to Bethlehem. And so uh, they just totally either missed Christ and, and didn't read the Scriptures very well, which I have a hard time believing since... Um, most Jewish people went through like Torah school, at least. <laughs> right. I mean, they, they weren't well educated, but especially the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees, the, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they definitely went through the Old Testament and were well versed. So they should have known. Oh, there's the doggy. Yeah, the doggies. My iPad's kind of covering it. Right, but right here. If you're looking, there's the puppy nose. He's a, he's a golden <laughs> lamp. Anya made an appearance. Um, and you're right, and you know, so we got to look at the context and culture of that. But but I'm looking at it from from the American side, where you got different types of churches out there. You know, you yep. got the kind that they 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 got the dress, they got the swag. It's called the drip. They got that. They got they they they're they're cool. They're hanging out with celebrities and all this. And I've seen so many people, other pastors who will throw those pastors under a bus of just they're 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 loose they're loose lip liberals. But they never talk about what they teach. They talk about, oh, he dresses like them. He looks like them. The world loves them. But but I've heard the pastors come back in those Christians where it's like, they they love me because they they they're searching for someone called Jesus, and I'm showing them who Jesus is. And so I think there's a lot of times where, you know, we create I, these pockets where people, or we almost feel like we have to do things and be weird and be awkward and be different and dress a certain way, create a bubble, do all these different things and, you know, beat people over the head with, with the Bible when it's like, you know, Jesus came and people loved him for it. Now the world as a whole, because, you know, the prince, the power of the air, you know, this is Satan's dominion. Right. Although, you know, Jesus has already defeated Satan and defeated death. He'll come back and, and have his way with him, so to speak in, in the future. The world is going to hate us because it hated Jesus, so right. it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us as Christians that at a global, national level that cr there's going to be things that happen to us Christians that it's like, yeah, that's going to be that's going to suck. That's going to be awful. So, we can't we can't have certain like 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 if we have a v certain view on homosexuality, for example, of mm -hmm. is this right or wrong, or now with other views of okay, is this correct? Is this okay? Is that okay? So, we say no. It's the biblical standard. People won't like where we stand. Here's why a lot of people are hated. Here's okay. why a lot of Christians are hated, and, and and it's because they they say they say they hate the sin and love the sinner, but they really hate the person that's doing the sin. Hmm, okay. If you look at, I, I watched an interview with Ray Bolts, and I don't know if you're familiar with Ray Bolts. I do know the name Ray. Ray Bolts was very popular Christian artist um, back in the 80s and 90s through the early 2000s, and in the early two, I think it was 2008. That's what he said in his interview. He came out as gay in a in an article mm, okay. that he was you know he'd been married for thirty years, had four kids, and he came out cleaning six months prior to his family, who was trying to love him through it, but it ended up ending in a divorce, and he ended up coming out as he was a gay man. And 
he was telling the story about how many letters were written about how they hated him, how he was going to hell. And he didn't say he was practicing. He just said he was gay because he was, and we've had, we've had this conversation that they self, people self identify with their sins rather than self identifying with Christ. Right. Do I think you can have sexual attractions towards the same sex? Yes. Just like, Mark, you and I could have a draw for pornography or a draw for you know alcoholism or a draw for drugs. We can oh, have 100%. these. We can have these draws. It's a sin. The difference is is the identity and what identity we find ourselves in. But that's beside the point. That's for another podcast that we had back in season one. Uh, but what I want to deal with is that the Christians go, "Oh, look at you! I can't believe that's an abomination unto the Lord." That's the first thing that I always oh. An that, abomination. That, that's where it always you know, ends up going you know to. That, notice I used the funny voice. That's an abomination. Right. And that's where it is. And that's why it's like, okay, you're hated, but not in the context that I believe Jesus said you would be hated for. Because then if we look at 1 Corinthians 14, what does that talk about? You can have, you can prophesy, you can speak in tongues, you can heal, you can, was it 13? 13. No, that's right. That's the love chapter. It is the love chapter. But, and then after the love, it goes into 14 talking about the gifts and how you right, have yes. all these gifts. But if you don't have well, love, love, you're just a sounding right. gong so or a thir- clanging cymbal. 13 talked about 13 what, what love is. And then 14 is about the church. And then 14 talks about the church. And if you, you could do all these things and have all these gifts and then ends like each thing with, but if you don't have charity or if you don't have love, that's still 13. On, is it 13? Yeah, 14 is the, the there's different. A part of the body, and we all have different gifts and roles and abilities that we're yeah, I thought it was in the there church. too, but I could be wrong. But it's a common theme it, between two. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. I'm, I trust you, but I'm going to look it up. But it's true, though. Check. And so this is. But my, that's my thing: is yeah. that we should be known for. We could have all these things. We could be so right. We could do all these things, but if we don't have love, it's for nothing. And I'm, uh, we're supposed to. Christians are supposed to be love uh, known by what their love for one another. Right. That's how we're supposed to be known. And if we can't treat our own the people who are brothers in, uh, in Christ who are claiming to be Christians, we can't treat them right. How on earth are we going to treat How, those outside right, of the church? Right. Uh, yeah. And but we, he that prophesies, this is 14 chapter, or verse 3, but he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Hey. And it keeps going on and on and on and on and on. And somewhere near the end, it talks about, but if he doesn't, he can have all these things, but if he doesn't have love. Like you're talking That's to him. That's still 13. You? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was 14. But uh, anywho, but... You Anyways, know, yeah, go ahead. And this is where my thought process goes no, with. It's so... Like, 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 what does Jesus say? He's He doesn't say, you're going to be hated in this world because you're an idiot. You're, you're going to be hated in this world because of what you say. He says, you're going to be hated by this world because you follow me. Right. And, you know, I have had a lot of people who have instantly discredited me. Now, in America, there still is a slight respect for religious people, but I've had so many people where it's like, I can't believe you're a pastor and you're sitting here talking, like, you seem normal. You're I was right. right. You're he right. whispered it to me. You're right. But, you know, there's a lot of people who will sit right. there and they're like, 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 like uh, I've been to a couple, uh, well, I've been to one wedding and I've, you know, I've talked with some of the people just sitting at Starbucks that have popped in and out. And they're like, you're different than what I expected a pastor to be because you're not, you're not just being a jerk. You're not, right. you're not, like, like, oh, I like, you know, someone's struggling with sin. I'm not going to be like, well, of course you deserve that. It's like, right. no, Jesus loves you through that. Now, now you have to speak truth. Now, I, I will speak truth right. in terms of this. Right. Is, and that's where I struggle with it because I'm scared to cross that that line of when it's the time to speak truth versus show grace. And and that goes back to a previous con- conversation yeah. that we had back in season one, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. And if you're going to speak truth, that has to be in love. And there's certain aspects. When it's with a the brother, then you then you do speak it the truth dealing with a sin right in love if you're speaking to a non-believer 
then you're speaking the gospel to them in love. But right. it's all centered around love. And if you are just saying you love people, but you don't truly love them when you're telling them the truth, then you shouldn't be telling them. Then you're just trying. You're just trying to bag some names and, that you 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 want souls to heaven. Right. And so when he's talking about, and from what I'm taking, when he's talking about in John that they're going to hate you because of this, Christ never said anything, unless he was dealing with a quote unquote religious leader. A religious a prideful people, people yeah. a prideful people. He never dealt with them in harshness. He said, those who have ears, let them hear. And then he spoke love, and he spoke grace, and he spoke mercy. He said, look at these things, these things, these things, these things. And, and people who are looking for that will come to that. Right. And um, I don't remember if it was a Spurgeon quote or Moody. I mean, I don't know who it was, but someone said, the, uh, let the only reason why someone hates you is because you followed Jesus. Right. That'd be the only reason. Even Kevin DeYoung, he even said that our job as a Christian is to outlove. Did you just get the sh- shivers? I, I just twitched a little but, bit. Uh, but our, our job as Christians thing. is to outlove other people, but our job is not to prevent people from not loving us. In other right. words, our job isn't to give people a reason to hate us. We're supposed to go out there and love and serve those people out there. And what does that love mean? Well, the love is the fact of, yeah, we, we do need to have the one side of the gospel where it's like, yeah, you, you are not holy before a holy God. You right. have sinned. You have caused this. But here's the beautiful gift. Uh, Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 9, talks about how we no longer have condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's, it's a, we no longer have to be under the weight of the law because we're now set free in Christ. Right. Um, you're fact-checking me on that one nope, too, aren't no, you? No, I'm not fact-checking you. I, I'm trying to figure out you said eight or nine. It's either eight or nine. But, um, I think it's eight, but I wanted to fact-check but, myself. But in that, here, here's what I'm trying to get at is, it's can you be a Christian and, and loved by those around you? And my answer is the fact of, yeah, I really think you can. Just because you're not hated by the world doesn't make you a bad Christian. Now, at the same time, if you can be in a, like hanging out with everyone who's unsaved and you you know, you're, you're, it's just buddy, buddy. And there's no conflict because of worldviews. You might want to check your heart on that. But I've seen like certain pastors who have stepped into podcasts that are not Christians, vulgar, all these different things. And they've actually spoken truth. And these, I mean, these are big name pastors of like big mega churches that are very globally known. And in this episode of this podcast, he was like, yeah, this is what we, this is what I believe because of, this is what God says in his word. This is why I believe it because God says it in his word. And it went completely against them. Right. But they respected that because of the love that he showed to them because he goes, God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Like, right. How could you give up that love? Right. But there's going to be people on the flip side who, yeah, they'll hate you. They'll persecute you. They'll say, that's a hate crime. You can't say that. You can't do that. Why? Because you do follow Jesus. But we're not supposed to give people an excuse and a reason why they should hate us. They should only hate us because of the cross of Jesus. Right. Not exactly. And, and it's and it's not that they hate us. It's that they hate him, and that's why they hate us. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what it is, which is exactly what their father teaches them, their father. So here's a here's kind of a fun which question. Here's, this is something I've been chewing on, okay? And this kind of goes specifically into American Christianity. So if you're listening and you're not an American Christian, just, 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 just roll with me here for a little bit. But just go... It's bathroom break time. Bathroom break. Fill up your coffee. Ah, When you visit, you'll know what's up. But so (laughs) many Christians right now are fighting for political people to get into office to keep Christian freedoms there. But if we're not supposed to be hated by the world, but if the world's not going to do this, should we fight 
for freedom and our rights all the time. But at the same time, I have an opinion on it because should we be frightened for this is my right, this is my freedom, where at the same time Jesus says you have no rights and freedoms, you're a slave of, of, of God, and so use your freedom to love other people. At what point do we as Americans say, yeah, we're going to be hated by the world, but we're going to fight to, to keep the political powers up there so that we're not persecuted so, and we have our freedom. So here's the, you know what I mean? here's the problem. When was a Christian ever called to fight for himself? Uh, actually, never. It says, lay down your own life and follow me. What, we're, we're, yeah, we're supposed to what daily? We're supposed to do what daily? Die to ourselves. Die to self daily. Pick up a cross. So I believe that if you're fighting for this country for your rights... Is that the right right? Is that the right but, way to do but it? Am but I fighting for other people's rights? That's what I was going to lead into. Now, if I'm fighting for the rights of others, because I think that um, other people should have the opportunity to to hear the gospel and not be persecuted for even listening to the gospel, and, and I mean that's something completely different. So I, it's a two edged sword right there. It can go both ways. Um, in this country, I think it is important that Christians stand up for truth. Mm-hmm. And we do have a call to play a role in our society, which is voting. And we should vote for the one that stands closer to God's truth. Now, do I think that any of the candidates that are currently running are close to God's truth? Heck no. But we have to try to figure out what is going to be the closer one. Mm-hmm. The It's it's the coined for, uh, phrase, choosing the lesser of two evils. Right, yep. So... They're not, neither one of them are great, but it's better than the opposite. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can only imagine if the one side got in, what they would do, because I know what they want to become. But should that even be a fear of ours, though? Because we know God is sovereign. He puts those into power whom he will. I, I totally you know? agree. I totally agree. But he we, also, we have a responsibility to we, vote. Exactly. It's our responsibility. And so he puts those into power, but he has given us the authority to, to help along with that process, correct? Right. Yep. So he says, hey, I'm giving this to you. But, so here's, here's my question. He knows what's going to happen. Is, you know, okay, and so, here, that goes back to that Arminius-Calvinism debate of... 100%. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think too many Christians get stuck in, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, right. I'm a you know, libertarian. When, when it's, no, we're all one in Christ Jesus. Right. We're neither slave nor free, no, you know... Uh, well, us as Christians, yes. Us as Christians, right. Christian brothers and sisters, you know, we're neither this, you're all one in Jesus. We're called right. to... The world would know... My love by the love you have for your Democratic brother, sister, right. for your Republican. And so I think people get into that. I don't want to get into a, poli- a political conversation, but it's more of at what point do we as Christians go, okay, let's say, let's just say hypothetically, right? Okay, that, that people that are very much a, we're going to shut down the Christians, get into political power. At what point do we have the uprisings and the revolutions and the saying this and this and this and this and this and this and this, or do we... I have an opinion on it. Or what point do we sit there and just take care of those who are around us and not fight for the political? It's a, it's a, that's a good question. Cause that's, and and I don't have, I mean, I have an answer for something, but I don't have an answer because this is what I've been thinking about and staying. I haven't thinking about, I have an answer, (laughs) but it's an answer of my opinion. Okay. And my answer of my opinion, your opinion, boss is God places those in authority over us. Right. And to, Rebel is not necessarily a good thing because who are we rebelling against? Technically, God. If God put them there, I mean, if God's putting them there, I mean, we even see the in. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was Daniel or Jeremiah, but it talks about the king of Babylon coming in. No, it was somebody before that. It was one of the prophets before that, I think. 
Talking about Nebuchadnezzar coming in? About the king of Babylon coming in and taking out Israel and that he... Yeah. Oh, Jeremiah. I mean, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah talked about it. So, and I think it was in Jeremiah that he says that that they were the armies, he, armies directed by the Lord is what it was called. And so like that shows that God put them in authority to take out his own chosen people for discipline. Right. So, um, which that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yep, it is, but, but it's but fact, to but me, it's fact of the matter. But to me, I don't think rebellion, I don't think Christ, as Christians we're called to rebel. I don't. But as Americans, do we have the ability to? Like uh, oh, that's you the have the ability. You, you know? have the ability to do whatever you want, but does it make it right? That's a good question. And what are we supposed to be known as? Uh, by our love and peacekeepers, and and we're supposed to be called peace, agents of reconciliation. Not peacekeepers, peacemakers. peacemakers, peacemakers. There's a huge difference between a peace a peacekeeper is just somebody who's like there's peace and we're keeping the peace. A peacemaker is somebody who goes out and makes peace in a place that does not have peace. does not have peace. Right. So, um, I think we're charged to go out and try to make peace, and I don't think it's crusade style. Okay. I, I think the Catholic Church got that wrong. Oh, I agree. Church of England, 100%. Yeah. That's right. That was a very dark time the, in the Christian That's why world. they call it the Dark Ages. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's um, good, though. That's a good joke. Yeah. So I, I don't think, and it's hard. It's hard for me because I am a patriot. I want to be a patriot, and I want to, you know, for the longest time, I wanted to join the Marine Corps and, and go off and fight for my country, and how dare these people trample on the flag and this and that. That's, that's the funny. Get them Nazis. That, that's like, the funny that's the classic patriotism. Marine right, thing. Yeah. right. And so, um, but as I die to self, it's not that I become less interested in my community and more interested in God's community, but it kind of, I'm more kingdom focused. Of, I'm only worried about my community in the aspect of the people that don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I like and, that. And not so much of the political standings yep. of the community. And, and, you know, I had to come to grips with this probably about four years ago when I was thinking about it quite a bit. And, you know, I had the thought of... Um, I want people when they look at me and my family and my church and all these different places, I want them to think like, yeah, you know, they got a lot of stuff that's honestly low to crap. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But man, those people love us. Right. Those people really try to love on this community. They're doing things for us that we can't like, it, why, why are they doing this? We hate them. Why are they showing love to us back? And last time I checked, we're called the love our enemies. Yep. Bless those who curse you. And, you know, so for us as Christians, I think we need to be known by our love for one another. But I think if Christians look at us and be like, yeah, those Christians, the, the, we we hate them because we don't like what they're doing and what they stand for and all this. I'm like, oh, is that what we're supposed to be? Or it's supposed to be like, like you know, even in the the Romans times, like there's actually articles of, of uh, Roman um, military leaders and they wrote letters to, I think it was either his captain or his general. I don't think it got all the way to the emperor, but it was the fact of, these Christians, even though they are completely doing things illegal, he goes, they are the best people here ever. They are the ones who are making this community. They're taking yep. in the orphans. They're doing this. They're taking in the sick. Um, when the Black Plague was going around back in the 1800s, who were the ones that stayed and took care of the weak and the sick? It was right. the Christians. Who were the ones that educated those who couldn't be educated? It was the Christians. Even to this day, you know, who are the people the first response to the natural disasters? I mean, the American Red Cross is, is one. But I'm, this isn't a t- the horn at the Southern Baptist Convention, but you know, there's Christians right there on the front lines too, going, "I'm going to do this because of well, Jesus." Well, I think for there's you. Christians all across all of the front right. Lines. And I that's mean, there's Christians, it, Christians know? in the military, there's Christians in the hospitals. I mean, we're constantly helping and doing what we can. There's Christians in the marketing world. There's Christians in the steel making world. It's the same. That's us. 
And, uh, but at, at what point, though, so let me ask you this just to kind of start laying the plane a little bit. At what point do we as Christians say, it's okay to be hated because of this, but at the same time, if there's people in my life who don't hate me, that's actually okay. Um, I Again, I, I draw back, and this is going to be my final thought. This is going to be my final thought. Is we're okay. we're going we're to land the plane. All right. So my final thought is um, if you are seeking to be hated for the sake of being hated, you're seeking the wrong thing. Mm. If you're seeking Jesus and to spread the good news and you are hated, then you are seeking a good thing. But don't seek hate just for hate's sake. That's my final thought. What you got, man? How on earth am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> I, I don't. How on I earth? told you I was landing the plane. You know, me as a Christian, and, and this is my challenge to the other Christians listening too, is don't be scared to stand for your convictions, but don't let your convictions be a stumbling block in someone else's life to come to know Jesus. Mm. I'm not talking about the truth of the gospel. I'm mm-hmm. talking about your personal convictions. Right. Don't let your personal convictions stand in the like way. Like saying, you're talking, I'll just example. Because what's, what's the like, stumbling block? Like, well, like saying, as a Christian going to a non-Christian and saying, well, Disney's from the devil. Like, that's what you're talking about. 100%. Or, in, and I, I have found that even unsaved people will respect your standards for certain things. Because I have unsaved friends who, and I'm not saying I'm in this camp. I actually have an unsaved buddy who he goes, yeah, I don't drink. Right. And I'm like, well, why? He goes, because that's just what, what I do. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, right. It, but, and so there's, a, you can have convictions, but it's when you flip it and start going, well, you are this and 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 this. And all of a sudden people are like, man, you're, you're kind of mean. If, if this you're is, a homosexual and that's an abomination. Well, you're it, going to hell. It's, it's the fact of if this is how Christians are supposed to act, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Right. And now of course that means people are looking at the wrong thing. We're supposed to be looking at Jesus, not the Christians, but at the end of the day, if we're supposed to be living our lives worthy of the gospel of Jesus, the gospel is what? Good news to the perishing. Right. If you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of people who are perishing, it's going to be nothing but good news. But there will be people who say, because of this, you need to shut your mouth. And then that's when you need to have the audacity and the guts, which I'm, this is what I've been convicted about, is to say, I would, I would rather serve God than you. But you have to use wisdom and tact to know when is that the right time to do it. So... Just a quick follow-up to that, because I'm sure we have a lot of Christian brothers and sisters out there that feel that same way. Mm-hmm. Of and it's a struggle, the said, tension, you right, know? The tension, the courage. Right. Um, what I refer to as boldness. Okay, yeah. And, and um, that was a prayer that they had, you know, pray for our boldness. So um, when did we receive the Holy Spirit? When did we, as today, receive the Holy Spirit? When you decide to follow Jesus. The decide gift to of follow, the right. You yeah. decide to follow Jesus. The comforter is sent. Yeah, yeah. We don't believe in a second baptism of the Holy Spirit no, later on. No, no, no. That's a charismatic thing. Right. So, but what is one of the things that's in Scripture, and I don't have to find the Scripture. I have it at home in my study notes. But one of the things that's, that the Holy Spirit helps is he helps give us boldness. Right. There is, he helps us. So if you lack boldness, we're supposed to ask the Father, and he will give to us. If a good father would... And uh, if a child would ask his good father to give him bread, and he would not <laughs> deny it, yep, I love why that would passage. your why would your father in heaven deny you? If you are seeking first the kingdom of God, it says what? Knock and it shall be given to you. Seek and you'll find. 
Exactly. So if you need boldness, if you lack boldness, ask, pray, seek, search. And that's just it, man. So so in that, I don't know if this is the passage you're thinking of, but in Acts 4, the the early church, when they were being persecuted, right. they never once said, pray that we're relieved of this. Pray right. for, for this. They said, um, no, pray that we have boldness to speak the words. Or, or, or just, uh, and now, Lord, look upon their threats, you know, those outside right. who, who are trying to hurt us, look at their threats and grants to your service to continue to speak your word with all boldness, which in fact, it says continue. So they were doing it in the first place. Right. So we need to first actually have boldness to speak. Um, but at the end of the day, they were saying, help us not to be relieved of our persecution. Don't, oh God, just, uh, we're positioning ourselves in the position of blessing and we're right. going, we want you to do, no, they're like, no, this is, I bind this, these evil people that are persecuting me in the name of Jesus. Now, I mean, me. now David did say some pretty intense, raw things in the Psalms of, but those were prayers. Those that, they were prayers, <laughs> but for, for in the, in the face of persecution, the apostles never prayed to be relieved right. because they knew it was coming. Right. They prayed for boldness. So Again, they knew it was coming because of John 15, 18, Exactly. Jesus prepped them, and then this is the follow-through. Right, exactly. That's so, pretty cool. That is stupid cool, my dude. I like it. I like it. Time for Fun Facts with February. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh, bro. Right I can't there. even handle that laugh. That's my That's favorite one right there. That's the signature laugh, oh, dude. Whenever she laughs like that, it just brings like joy to my heart. I love it, bro. But, bro, what fun fact you got for us tonight? I don't even know this one either. This so, is two for two today. Two for two. So I the like fun, this. The fun fact of the day, Mark and listeners. I'm ready. You, did you know cotton candy was invented by a dentist? Actually, I did. So I did know that. It is not known whether William Morrison had an ulterior motive for inventing the soft confection but the dentist no doubt helped ensure others in his profession continued drawing in plenty of customers. <laughs> in 1897, he partnered with candy maker John C. Wharton to develop the cotton candy machine, which at the time was known as the Fairy Floss. The f- yep. And it's been bringing kids cavities ever since. That's like the definition of job security. Like, you know, we want to make sure that we stay in business. So let's create a problem. And let's call it that Fairy Floss. really isn't even a problem. <laughs> Just for the sole purpose of getting kids to come back. Like, like that's just like I, that dirty. Well, you just think of like, they're always like, brush your teeth and don't forget to floss. And hey, or let's make, fairy this, floss. Let's make this sugar thing and call it fairy floss. Now, okay, it's kind of <laughs> gross. Elliot found his old like cotton candy from a while back on top of the fridge. And he goes, oh, that is nasty. And I'm like, yeah, it's gross. He goes, I eat can, it. Can, no, he goes, can we go and buy some more? And I'm like, no, you don't need more sugar. He asked for sugar when he wakes up. Can I have some sugar, daddy? Like, Sweet tooth, man. He that's that's my son. But either way, you know, we hope you guys enjoyed the conversation of you know being hated by the world. What does that mean? But we want to know your thoughts with this as well because we know we're gonna have people probably on different sides of the fences oh, yeah. with this conversation. And just because we say something doesn't make it the gospel truth. Yeah, the authoritative. The, the only the, gospel the Hercules truth is gospel. Uh, the gospel truth of Hercules. But no, I'm kidding. Well, it was it was Kevin Sorbo. He played Hercules. There you and go. Now he's a Christian. So, ooh, look at that. But Diana. either way, we don't have the corner of the market. No. I like that phrase on on all tr- things truth. Jesus has that. Not even but, close. Nor do we claim to. But help us have this conversation. We want to continue with it. We hope you guys enjoy this conversation. But feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, on Instagram, Real Talk Christian Podcast, the website realtalkchristianpodcast.com, the email realtalkchristianpodcast.gmail.com. There's a theme. Check the us theme. out on YouTube. The we theme. have video. We got video. Re- you look re- good, bro. You look good. Type. You know, I got the one life, one life at a the time. The church shirt, and you got the RTC. Man, we're we're sporting both. Yes, sir. 
But uh, yeah, check us out on Real Talk Christian on YouTube. Also, you can contact us at the phone number, which is what, Mark? 574-some-some-some. Four zero zero five three five two, four zero zero five three. So 574-400-5352. You're going to quiz me on that one, aren't you, next time? So what is it right now? I have no clue. <laughs> I have the world's worst memory. Next time, we'll see if I remember or not. But until next time. Take it easy. <laughs>